Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. Hello and welcome to day four of We Have Ways in Arnhem, our podcast special of extra material to mark the 75th anniversary of the battle. And I've been in Arnhem, and by the way, I'll explain where we are in a moment because you can hear traffic whizzing past. I've been here in Arnhem for 24 hours and the relief has arrived. James Holland is here. Uh, And I'm on time. You know, I haven't been delayed by weather. I'm not turning (laughs) up at three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm here, uh, well, only a little bit late. Brilliant. Half past 11. You've been here before? No! I'm just, I can't tell you how pumped I am to be here. Oh, brilliant. And this I've is... never seen the bridge, and I've never seen the drop zones or the landing zones yep. before. We sort of drove through them, all getting a little bit excited as we hurtled through. Uh, and I just can't get over the scale of it. It's flipping enormous. It's an enormous bridge, and the causeway that runs down into the town is huge. And uh... and how different, I mean, obviously not quite as tarmacked back in 1944, or was it? Probably was. I think, it, I, I, think I actually think you're... You know, there's no, there's basically no difference. It's amazing. The difference is the buildings, which right. obviously, which obviously were all destroyed. Church uh, is very iconic. The church, though, the iconic I'm church. At that away yeah, 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 to yeah. The, uh, That's uh, west to the west. That's right. Yeah. But where we stood, um, uh, sweet listener, is on the bridge, and there's a very famous photograph taken by the Germans of just after the action at the bridge when they when they'd winkled uh, uh, the guys from First Airborne out of here with it, with the wreckage of vehicles, and we are stood where that picture was taken. Yes. Um, Yes, I've got the fa- it. The yeah, famous I know. picture. Yeah, and absolutely. The bird, and here we that are. building there, which I yes. think is a pensions building, yeah. um, is, the, is where Frost's men were based, where, the, where Frost was, his headquarters. Right. And, so that's the now, and actually, building. I'm looking at the Pegasus, the airborne yeah, yeah. flag well, atop see, of it. You will see Pegasus flags all over Arnhem. They're everywhere. Yeah, I've already People noticed People hanging that. them on their houses, and it's beautiful. Anyway, so and, and that, that's where the pillbox that they tried to set fire to on the opening yes. night is. Yes, yes, yes. They're on the right-hand side of the bridge. And the bridge burned that night after they set, yes. they set yeah, fire set to the fire bridge. And, and there's that quote from that German one that, uh, that Bob Kershaw got out yeah. for it, um, yeah. uh, for his sort of German account of Market Garden, where they were saying, you know, I petty the poor Tommies, you know, of all yeah. those flames. Yeah. I, I wondered how they could ever survive. Yeah. They survived, they did, of course. They did, of course. So, um, and down to our right is this, there's a bush um, down yes, here, uh, which an, is an expansive bush, which is where Mackay's school was. Where okay, the, on this slope, there's a, on this we, slope, there's a sort of ramp up to yeah. the, up to the bridge. This is where the Royal Engineers were um, holding this side of the this side of the um, of the of the ramp up to the bridge. And there was around what 130 or so, weren't there? I think yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I think he had yeah, but they're, but they're scattered all over. He had a, he had his main um, a body of men in here and. Uh, in, I think, yesterday's podcast, the, the description of what happened on the Tuesday, we, yes. I talked a lot about what happened to Mackay in here, because his account was his account's really good. So, we should talk about how the, how did mo- they get here? the, how motley, did they get here? the motley crew that ends up yes. here. Because what's meant to happen is 1st Parachute Brigade is meant to get here. The three, the full three battalions, Brigade H headquarters, an anti-tank, the anti-tank batteries... The engineers, the whole, the whole thing. But yeah, what, what we, are we talking about? Sort of two and a half thousand men. We're talking about yeah, two and a half thousand men, while the air landing soldiers hold the drop zones for the second lift. Yeah. That's why, that's why less than half of the men delivered on D-Day of Arnhem are heading for the bridge because right. there's a second lift. Because that's sort of one of the kind of fatal flaws. That's isn't one it? of the that, one that of that the. But if you if you're if you're having a staged yeah. landing, yeah. you've got to have people to protect those landing zones and exactly. those drop zones. Exactly. You do not, and you're you're diluting your effort. Anyway, that that. 
We're just going to move slightly down the hill away from the from the traffic. We're the going first to move time I, the bush straight school. The, yeah, the, the first time I came here in like 1983, I remember nearly being run over on the on one of those cycle lanes there because I didn't realise that a cycle lanes existed because they're some sort of newfangled Dutch thing, <laughs> and b mopeds are allowed on cycle lanes in Holland. I remember my dad pulling me out of the or way. Policeman. Going, yeah, policeman. There's a policeman on the cycle lane. It's Holland. It's a madhouse. So, so what we've got here is two full companies of, of two para, John Frost's battalion. Yes. We have Brigade HQ, Tony Hibbert, who's the brigade major from 1st Para Brigade, and then assorted engineers, anti-tank gunners, and we have an anti-tank battery here um, that, that, that ends up... Oh, they've got six-pounders? They've got six-pounders. You know, which are pretty good, particularly which are short, pretty, short range exactly. on the bridge. Well, exactly, and, and, and exactly what you want, because people are coming around, you know, tanks are coming around yep. corners rather than... Rather than we're, not, we're not talking wide-open plain tank engagement we're talking very 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 close um engagement and yes. the six pounder and also we're looking at stugs here we're looking at mark threes yes. at, at, at most and yep. sharbies and stuff like that yep. and the heavy the heavy metal turns up a bit later on a bit later on but the factory here we're just we're just we're in where mackay school is the factory there that's a that's still that's a a, a contemporary building. That's right. the building that was there. So and just, just, just go back to the school. So the school is sort of built on a on this slope. Is on this, it? on this slope. Sort of, yeah, yeah. Well, just and yeah. it completely gone. And and commands that corner. Come on, and we are literally talking. So you can climb up several stories. Yeah, and you so, can look yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, you can look yeah, across yeah, the bridge. Yeah, and yeah. you can look down at the factory. And down, and down, and down that way into the town. And yep. of course, of course, we are talking about a situation where this side of the road is airborne. That side of the road is the enemy. And the streets wow. contested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and so they're amazing. sending out fighting patrols. If they're getting too much heat from somewhere, they'll send out a fighting patrol to turf them out. Yep. And and if they see them forming up, they'll they'll yep. they'll attack them. If they know a counterattack's coming, so there's all that. So the reason we don't have a whole parachute brigade here, of course, is because on the day on the, the day, days, well, the 17th, on, Sunday, the 17th. well, one of the first things that happens on the day is there's an SS training battalion run by a guy called. Craft, yes, Craft, Sepp Craft, who then ended up writing a report about what an amazing guy he was after the battle. But yeah. his, well, a lot of those German officers yeah, were quite self-serving. Yeah, yeah. In their, he, uh, he, his men, report. his men were in a barracks just off the main uh, drop zone in Rankum, right? And it was bombed that morning by the RAF because you know you bomb you bomb the stuff that. And what he did was he, he when an air raid came in, he moved his men out of that out of that barracks um, into positions that enabled him to block First Airborne as soon as they landed. Yep. So you've got a crucial hour while everyone's they landed. They were sort of prepped as well, weren't they, for they were, they a potential were kind of Airborne and, operation? And they, they, yeah, exactly. And, and, and had learned the lessons of Normandy and had learned, l- l- learned that what you've got to do is, is delay. So that's exactly what he does. And he takes these guys who are, who are training to be NCOs and he takes them out and, and puts in all sorts of delaying lines which stop, which hold up one para and three para and they kind of get caught in a bit of lassitude about how hard to push on. Yes. And there's three pre-arranged three routes. routes. Lion, Leopard is, and Tiger. Yeah, and they're all going to take... The, yeah. And each battalion is going to take a separate route. Separate route. And in fact, it's the Comet plan. It's, what's, it's the, just the same plan as Comet. It's completely left over. Yep. The, the only difference with the Comet plan is they don't have um, the air landing battalions um, to, their, to their west guarding the drop zones because there was no second lift plan for Comet. So they, it's the same plan. So it's Brigadier Lathbury's plan. And at... And at the same time, you've got you've meant to have the recce squadron jump in their jeeps and drive here at breakneck speed and take the bridge. They don't do that. They get held up, and then Urquhart calls uh, Freddie Goff back to his headquarters, which kind of delays any coup de man aspect. And Freddie Goff is is in charge of the recce squadron. Yep. 
And so his jeeps don't get here, but Frost's men push on and they press through and they get here about seven, maybe eight in the evening, starting to get dark. They take the houses, they take the positions they can and they've got the engineers with them and they've got these six pounders and they've got head, headquarters from, um, from first power brigade. So a guy called Tony Hibbert, who was the brigade major, right. who I was very fortunate to interview a few years ago, who, who was amazing, who told this story that, oh, the route was still open, of course. That's what everyone forgets. His last thing on the Sunday night, the route was still open. The guy from the um, artillery battery drove back, all the way back to his to to get fresh batteries for his radio, went there and back in his Jeep and- On that Tiger on route? That, on that Tiger route, not a shot fired. That's amazing. Yeah, it is it? amazing. And the, but the thing is, there was no way you can't, you, there was no way of telling one power that and getting them to disengage from where they were and, and reroute themselves. They just hadn't got the kind of flexibility in the plan. But also, there's just confusion, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's partly just the nature of air operations, yep. where you're landing sort of, not completely willy-nilly, and this yep. is pretty accurate, isn't it, the drop here? Yep. But you're landing, and then you've got to sort of organise yourselves, you've got to get yourself yep. into it, and then you've got to head off. I mean, how would you be able to, at that time of day, go off and say, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll just go and get the 1st Battalion who are in that big firefight, and I'll just tell them actually well, this route's well, going. You, I mean, it's just not well, going to happen, you, is you it? You don't. You don't, um, and that's but, why it doesn't but happen. But what also happens is a company, pretty much a company of 1st of, of Battalion, do get here as well, and on their route, because they, they get... They get cut off from the body of, of their battalion that's been held up and push on and come through past the, past the railway station which, um, and, uh, because all the routes narrow to this very narrow choke point um, and they get through they get through there so there are there's still ways in there's still ways open but what you also have is kind of this You've got Urquhart running around, and, and he joins with. So Urquhart goes off because he wants to know. He wants what, to know what's going on. He can't on. find out what's going on. Yeah. You know, radios are down. Yeah. It's all a bit sort of um, all over the place. He's in charge. This is his first time he's yeah. been in charge of a of, a, of an airborne brigade of an operation of this nature. Yeah. Although he's commanded a brigade before. Yeah. Uh, and he wants to know what's going on, and so he takes it upon himself to go yeah. and find out himself. And actually, yeah. that's a. I mean, to my mind, that's not a good decision. It's a terrible decision. I, I mean, I, I think... You know, you send someone else off to do that. Yeah, 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 exactly. You've got people, you've got, you've got people for that, surely, old boy. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> and also, he, 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 he keeps uh, retuning his radio and loses track of... They lose track of what, where all the chatter is. Yeah, but well, also because point. he's not, you know, he's not a radio man, is he? He's, no. a, brigade, he's a brigadier. I mean, yeah. that's not his job. That's yeah. not... Uh, yeah. So anyway, so he... Urquhart hooks up with Lathbury... And then the next morning, they, they, the thing where they get stuck in a loft and, yes. and Lathbury's injured. But at the bridge, you have basically this sort of, it's not even, it's not even, a, it's half, not even half a kilometre across here. You have this small space and the Germans the next morning put in, a, or the next day, put in a, a, quite a big attack from south of the river. They come over the bridge, it goes on for two, three hours and they're completely wiped out. And if you've, if you've seen a bridge too far it's the famous scene yes. with the half tracks and trucks and trucks with oil drums full of sand because they didn't they didn't have any um you know uh armored personnel carriers to move people so you've got this improvised thing they push across and there's a school of thought that says that the guys here use so much ammunition repulsing that attack it actually caused them problems further down the line that they they kind of got they got too into it they're enjoying themselves too much and <laughs> except and, that you've sort of got to do what you've got to do we, when well, you're yeah yeah it. yeah but 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 and also they didn't know that they didn't know they were going to never be relieved no because the whole plan was that 30 Corps come and relieve yeah, well, them within. No, the whole well the initial whole plan is the first parachute brigade would be here yeah. and it wouldn't just be seven yeah 750 so that's guys a, that's here. a that's a hindsight based yeah 
Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But you know, it's history, isn't it? So the so wrist slapping. Yeah. So the so gradually this pocket gets this pocket here at the yep. bridge gets reduced. Yep. And they give up on the factory, and they they come out. I think of they come out of some of the buildings further out, and by and it's the only on the Wednesday morning that they actually they, that they realise they they're kind of done for. And Frost's wounded by then, and uh, uh, Goff's taken over because that's got, the twentieth. Yeah. Wednesday the twentieth. Yeah. So they've held out. They were meant to be here for forty-eight hours. They've held out for that. Seventy-two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and some. Denied the Germans the use of the bridge, which obviously yeah. is good for General Gavin down in Nijmegen. Yeah. Because it because it means he can't be properly squashed <laughs> because they can't get through here. Yeah. So so you know one way or another, whether Frost holds, however long Frost holds this bridge, is beneficial to what's happening in Nijmegen. Yeah. But then of course it turns on whether Nijmegen Bridge is held. Yes. Of course, which we're going to get into, I, I believe, later in the week. Well, maybe we will, yes. <laughs> just possibly, just so, a little bit. So what we're going to do, I think what we should do now is walk across and get, do what they never did and get to the southern end. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really keen to do that. I just can't get over the scale of it. It is yeah. so much bigger than I had appreciated. Well, the bridge is huge, but the lodgement is really quite small. Yeah. And, and you, you imagine, you know, Frost's over there in that insurance building and Mackay's over here in this school. How do you actually get messages to each other? Yeah. So you've got runners yeah. running through the sniper and They're risking fire. life every time they go. Every single time they go. Now, there's the famous story, of course, of um, Frost on the set of A Bridge Too Far when, he, when he, he takes Anthony Hopkins to one side and they're filming a scene where... Hopkins is running from building to building and Frost says, oh dear boy, you don't run. For goodness sake, you don't run. The men, the men don't want to see that you're frightened. You need to walk, but not slowly because they don't think, they want you to think you're a bloody fool. <laughs> so <laughs> so you, you walk briskly from building to building. And in the, the film, Hopkins runs because he said, I just couldn't do it. I just, it, it was... Was it was a, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and Frost is a really interesting character, isn't he? Because yep. he's pretty experienced by this stage. Yep. And... Um, He's been in a rock, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. In the first part of the war, because I remember reading his memoirs and, and him talking about setting up a, um, a hunt out there. Yeah. Uh, and having his hunting horn and all yep. this kind of stuff. And he, I think, he, if I remember rightly, he takes his hunting horn when he when he drops in. Um, in he's dropped into Tunisia. Yeah. And does this completely pointless episode where they drop oh, they by they march about. They march yeah. about a lot. Yeah. And, and eventually make it back. Yeah. But achieve absolutely. It's a complete waste. Complete waste of time, time and, time. and everything. But, but, but by that same token, and he's done the Bruneval raid. Yes, of course. He's done. He's done uh, North Africa. He's done it. He's, he's been involved in Italy. And you do actually, it seems, have really good battalion commanders at um, in airborne at an, an airborne level. It's just when you get a bit higher up, they're all a bit. Well, it's also it's because it's, it's 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 interesting, isn't it? Because you know Browning gets there because you know he's in charge of this whole operation because he is. He's one of the pioneers of the airborne arm because he's yep. very well placed back in London. But yep. there doesn't seem to be... I mean, he's never had any operational experience. Well, and his, all, head, has he? his headquarters is four weeks old. They haven't, they've, they haven't trained on the radios that they're meant to, they're meant to use. Yep. They don't have the American ciphers for 81st, 82nd and 101st Airborne Division. So how actually he's meant to be commanding this first Allied Airborne Army, I don't know. So here we are. These are the... Um, this is the sentry post. Yeah. They're brilliant, aren't they? Yeah. Look at that. Look, look, you can see is these sort of patchworks. Yeah. 
where yes, damage you'll has see been. Scarred buildings everywhere in, in, in this town. That's patched yeah. up there. Amazing. Oh gosh, you can really see it on the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the. That's the. You know, we're, we're looking. We're looking across at uh, Frost's position here. Right. So he's over there. Yeah. In that building, and, th and these were all old buildings, yeah, yeah. weren't how, they, on how, the front yeah, here? It's all houses, um, and the, the 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 houses further down in towards town, I think, are probably are probably what these buildings were like. Right, and presumably um, all these new buildings up there because they were just completely hammered yeah, in the yeah, wall. Yeah, it's completely flat. Nothing. And then, and then Arnhem was bombed after the after Market Garden anyway to deny the Germans the use of it. The Germans blew the bridge. Right. You know, and then the Canadians came through in eight, April of forty-five to take it. Uh, Isn't property. it amazing, though, that you know, it then takes till April 1945 yeah. until this place is liberated? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so tantalisingly yeah. awful but for the uh, for the Dutch here. If you look over, if you look over to our right, James, you yes. see there's the new road bridge, yes, which goes into the which goes into the town, and that road bridge kind of marks how far the First Power Brigade's effort to get to the bridge got. So on on day two, so on the Monday that you've got um, one power and three power and they're joined by um, uh, 11 and South Staffs and they're pushing into the town. Yes. You see the dome building there yep. is pretty much the, is the start line. Right. Pretty much. And then they push and the, the river bends there. Yeah. They push along, they push along here and that really, the, where, the rail, where that new road bridge is, is marks how close the rest of the brigade's effort and the battalion sent to reinforce it, that's how close they got to the to Frost and his men. And I mean, on one level, that's really close. On another level, it's kind of, could, might as well be miles away, mightn't it? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's, got, I, I mean it's, like, you know, it's, not, it's not a stone's throw away. It's, uh, what are we no. looking at? It's probably about 600 like, yards. Maybe, maybe, three, maybe, yeah, maybe 600 yards, maybe a little more. I mean, I walked it, I walked it this morning when I was awaiting relief and, uh, <laughs> and walked all the way up to basically where the, the road splits because it splits and one goes down onto the riverbank right. and one runs along the top of the ridge up into the town and there's the flat, the very, very um, exposed embankment and they pushed along the top and, it, and, it, and it's also squeezed by the railway line. So the railway line narrows the whole thing down to the point where it's, a house, it's only a house's width between the railway line and the road. And then there's the sheer drop and the brickworks opposite firing at flak, the unsuppressed, the flak they were worried about in Arnhem, firing onto the, onto the bank. So there's no cover. It's a strip of houses you can, you know, mouse hole your way through. But there's a blocking line on the railway, there's a blocking line in front of you, and there's fire. They're flanked on three sides, or they're held up on three sides. And that's why they get really no further than that. Than the, than the new road, and bridge. that's why there's just a pocket here, and they're that's just why a they're, they're stuffed basically. Yeah, because yeah. the original divisional plan is to, you know, is to have guys half a mile from the bridge into the town in, in kind of all directions. As a, as a, as a in fact, it, it, a whole thing encompassing the edge of Oosterbeek as well as a sort of this big mushroom that would cover the town. And you, because of the railway line, you've got road bridges that you you stick a 17 pounder on the railway bridge halfway through that town on the arch there. Nothing's coming through, you know, but they. They never get. They never get to that. Yeah. Because the, because because of this lack. I think this, in the end, this sort of lack of urgency on the first day and a kind of, kind of, 
inability, you know, the ironically Urquhart's attempt to grip the situation means it slips out of his grasp. Yeah, that's yeah, really, really interesting. But it does start, to, it's starting to unravel very quickly, isn't yeah. it, on the 70s? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But there is a sense of complacency, isn't there? Because yeah. actually people are kind of thinking, uh, actually, we've sort of got this in hand because wars the, drop, over. the drops, wars over, drops, yeah. the drops been pretty accurate. This is all gone. This is sort of big tick. Well, this is a big tick. There's people um, on the day at the drop zone saying this is like an exercise. This has gone so perfectly. The drops have gone so perfectly. Although, interestingly, First Airborne didn't do very many exercises and didn't no. do many um, exercises. And one of the reasons is because they're constantly on hold, on, on standby, standby, waiting yeah, to yeah, do yeah. operations. But they don't, they don't do anything... An old lady on a moped. They don't do anything on a divisional level as an exercise, because after all, they're um, they're uh, where they're where they're deployed, where they're barracked is is like you know to go with their airfields. So the divisions are all kept together. It's 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 dispersed so that they can get uh, they can get into their airlift. Yep. So immediately. So they're just, they're just not in any position to do any proper exactly. Training, immediately you've got a problem of actually how you. You know, and Urquhart spent a great deal of his time after he took command just driving all over England to meet meet everyone and press the flesh and <laughs> say, hi, I'm your divisional commander, and had a real problem instilling a sense of of, a, of, a, of it being a unit, it, interestingly, in a way that maybe Gale didn't, but, you know, the differing approaches in different situations. So the different brigades are really... Um, they might, they're effectively sort of like different divisions in a way. Yes, they're very personally, personally run. So... Um, fourth parachute brigade. You know, Shack I'm presuming that's one of the reasons why Hicks and um, yeah. uh, and Hackett uh, have this Hackett, Hackett, Hackett have this terrible bonding. Yeah. They probably just don't know each other terribly. They don't well. know. They probably don't know each other terribly well. And also, and it's a contingency they just haven't thought about. Yeah, they haven't exactly like so many things with Market Garden. It's a contingency they just haven't thought about. But it's also, I mean, the whole thing is based around a series of assumptions that one assumption follows the other. Yeah. Um, you know, the assumption is that they'll that they'll all be landed accurately. The assumption yeah. is that the follow-up landings will all be. Yeah. Absolutely on time. There won't be any problems with weather. Yeah. I mean, you know, no one in their right mind is going to assume that you're going to get three or four days of consistently good weather in, 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 in Northern Europe. I mean, that's exactly the same mistake that Goering makes in the Battle of Britain back in 1940. Especially in September. Especially in September. And, and of course, it comes to pass, but they don't yeah. seem to have made a sort of contingency for that. The then assumption is that, you know, 1st Parachute Brigade are going to get to the bridge no problem at all. And, and every single one of those assumptions proves false. Yeah. And as those assumptions become false, so they make those other assumptions harder yeah, to fulfil, yeah. Yeah. if you see what I mean. This old lady on a bike, by the way, is not 30 core. Just want to point that out. <laughs> Um, There's quite a lot of them, aren't there? All this dude on his yeah, mo no. mobility scooter. No, a lot of mobility scooters. But you, when, you, when you look at not this as bridge, good as half tracks. and you look at how wide the river is, you yeah. can see why why this is such a juicy prize, isn't it? Why yeah. you'd want it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and of course, the, the other concern, of course, is, is one of the controversies is why didn't they just land on, on the southern bit? Well, I, we can see why. Look, it's flooded. We've learned that lesson. Yeah. From Normandy, don't yeah. land in flooded don't areas. Don't land in flooded areas. Flack, don't do it. There's flak here. Yes, flak here. Don't do it at night. You know. Uh, and you were saying an interesting thing earlier on about about the you know to to land here you've got to turn at Dealen. Yes, yes. So the 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 the, the argument is why no why no Kuderman here and yep. um and you know because uh, you really on a if you're trying to yeah. capture a bridge you need people at both ends. Yeah, exactly. And Colonel Chatterton, who's the guy who ran the glider pilot regiment, who f who in fact flew Browning into Nijmegen. Yeah. Because um, you know he was head and of the Chatham was involved in Sicily as well. Exactly, and and, and learned uh, a few lessons there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, because Browning would often over oversell what Airborne were capable of. 
because he because he has frankly to. he didn't really know well he didn't well no one knew that's the i mean the other you know this is a thing i always think i always come back to when they go oh urquhart wasn't a very experienced able man no one was they'd only done <laughs> they'd only done like three or four operations maximum nobody was they were making up as they went along and i was kind of think as an accusation because he was much more experienced um battlefield commander than anyone in um who urquhart yeah than yeah. anyone in first airborne division well i've been to regalbuto in sicily and i can tell you that was one hell of a awful fight yeah and then and, and two three one multiple brigade performed really really well there and his yeah and his his leadership was pretty good i mean yeah no quibbles there at all but, but it's just a, such a different kettle of fish yeah yeah because you're trading in confusion yes the point is you're creating confusion so so you know yeah, I mean, we're just crossing. I'm just to say that we're now on, on, the, we're on the south on, side, on, on the south side, and we're crossing over a big old lake. Yeah. Um, presumably, these were here in 1944. Yeah, were this they? Pol this is the. Yeah, I assume so. This is, you know, the, this has all been built on now. So the, the famous flooded polder, that they were worried a glider would turn itself over in. Although the, even this um, idea has been disputed, uh, the notion that the advice about the gliders had because. When you look at it, the army, the, the army bit of the airborne thing, of saying we, what we really want is a nice tidy drop where we can all form up neatly, yep. a low risk drop, so we can assemble an entire brigade, and we can send it on its merry way, and it can do what it needs to do, and yep. that's really what we want, because everything's so conf because it's all so confusing, and, yep. and you know in Normandy, in Normandy the only the, you know in Normandy, it's Pegasus Bridge, and then the second lift at nine o'clock. On the sixth, that are the successful parts of the landing. Yeah. The rest of it is utter chaos. Yes. A bit of successful chaos. Yeah. But, exactly. But, but exactly. Sosobowski's, um Polish brigade do land on the on yeah. the southern well, side. Yeah. Well, they're redirected. They're redirected they? here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at that point, a lot of the enemy flak has been neutralised, and it's just yeah. not such a dangerous proposition by yeah. this stage. But although the the drop zone is contested by this point. Yes. I mean, the the, the really interesting thing about it is from the about that lift. And in fact, all the subsequent lifts, is every time there's a new lift, lift comes in, the Germans are going, oh, Jesus Christ, will this never end? Yeah. Right, look, 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 look what, how, how they have these, the Allies have got such deep pockets, they can just send more men, parachute more men in. Yep. And, and there's a point, there's a point, even when the Poles turn up, which is generally regarded from the Allied point of view as too late, you know, the, 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 too little too late because they've been delayed. The Germans, are, the Germans, on the other hand, are going, you know, Christ, if, Holy they, do moly. This, if they do this tomorrow, yeah. We're screwed, and we'll we'll lose control of Arnhem. So, so they're up against it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. the impression you get is that they're sort of casually forming themselves into these camp group and these these battle groups, um, uh, uh, and sort of can afford to take their time because they know exactly what the, the what the Allies are planning. They've yeah. captured those those plans. It's still um, well, whether they've captured the plans or not, it's bloody obvious what you're trying to do here. Isn't it's completely it? obvious what you're trying to do. Obvious. So they've got, they've got a very clear picture of what is what is being planned by the British. Uh, by the Allies, and there is this sort of impression that they can sort of calmly afford to take their time because yeah. they can just grind these guys down because inevitably yeah. the airborne troops are going to uh, run out of, uh, run run out out of ammo, ammo and, yeah. and, and, and food and yeah, yeah, and that well, sort of does happen, doesn't that, it? That's but well, that's kind of what happens here. And Except also, that if you're German and you're here and you're still being attacked by kind of ferocious paras, yeah, I guess it doesn't seem like a picnic at all. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a, a point. Point Paul Reed made is that the, the, the Germans had. Uh, didn't didn't know what Allied airborne soldiers were like. Didn't realise they had heavy machine guns like Vickers guns. You know, they thought they were like German airborne soldiers, super light, who would turn up with a you know with an MP40 and that was it. They didn't yep. realise it was going to be anti-tank guns and uh, yeah and proper proper support weapons. Which after all was the you know Browning's big insistence was that was that 
it was a complete division with its, you know, that's the one thing he did, he did get right. <laughs> but um, we were now completely on the south side, so this is where, you know, Grabner and his guys would have started their attack to try, yep. and, to try and prize Frost out on And this is when, when, when the tiger tanks do turn up, this is where they turn up. It, it, well, it, well and they're coming th no, they're coming through the town because, because they're stuck on trains in Germany. Right. Because one of the things about Arnhem, we've talked about the railway before as a geographical feature, the, the, one of the things about Arnhem is the rail links to Germany here are excellent. Right. Are really, really, really yeah, good. Yeah, because Germany's just, just over there, so, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so straight away you get, well, put some tigers on a train, send them to Arnhem right now. And, th and, and that that and actually, happens, that can happen quite quickly. That happens pretty quickly. Because, you know... Well, as Arnhem, we know, the Reichsbahn is the glue that keeps the Wehrmacht together. Exactly. And also, the thing, thing about armoured divisions, you know, the dispute about whether you've got armoured soldiers here or not, or how many, or what state they're in, the thing about armoured soldiers, is, armoured formations, is they move. Yes. <laughs> they Particularly when you've got a good rail network. Exactly, they aren't static. So, so you know, you, you do get Tigers turning up eventually, although obviously... They have a high velocity weapon, they're not really much use against uh, against buildings. You know. Well look, we're just looking at a, something that's been put yeah. down for the 75th anniversary on Houses the road. Dutch. Obviously I can I can speak Dutch, no problem at all. Brugge's bridge, I know that much. <laughs> yeah. Arnhem Airborne, I think I can get that yeah. one. Deutsch, that's German. Uh, British, Britzer Powders, yeah. here. Here, Nog. Yeah, I think I can get that one. Nog, Tegen did... Deutzers. Deutzers, the Germans. The Germans. I think, I think we translate that as British Paris. This was here, this was the Germans bridge. good kicking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we got the gist. <laughs> but yeah, I can't, um, I can't get over how much Arnhem has embraced the 75th anniversary yeah, yeah, yeah. here. I guess, you know, it's good tourism, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, it's a huge thing. And, and there are flags everywhere. And, uh, but have you, do you get a sense here that it's, it's not just you know, cynical exploitation of, of tourism, that it's actually something that no, they feel some, proud about. There's some proper commemoration going on. And, there's, yeah. you know, the flower children thing, which, which is the tradition they've run since the war, where they've, um, ki kids from schools have tended the graves and, and they write letters to the men in the graves and find out, research their life stories. And then they, every year at the commemoration, they hand on the, 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 this soldier to the, to the next, uh, uh, next carder of kids. It's brilliant, isn't it? Which is brilliant. Anyway. Amazing. We're, so we're on the south side now, we're looking over. Yep. The bridge dominates. We're on the German side now, training our binoculars, trying to figure out. And I think this is the point about the bridge. You know, when you're looking at the bridge, you just think of the semicircular kind of iron structure. Yeah. But actually, that's just a cent central sort of yeah. bit of the, yeah, of yeah, the yeah, bridge, yeah. that actually the bridge is much longer because, you, of course, you've got to build up to that point and yeah. you've got all these struts leading up. I mean, yeah. it is... It's a monumental it's, structure. It really is, And you is, can yeah. see why it was so important to take it, so important to hold on to it, and that Frost's men did for longer than they were meant to, with nothing like the resources they were supposed to, is a testament to their guts, courage, grit, all those, all those things that I'm almost embarrassed to talk about because I know I don't possess any of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it also is a testament to their training as yeah. well, isn't it? And you have to remember that people in the Airborne forces you know they're they're volunteers they're there because they want to be yeah. because they want they know that this is an elite unit and yeah. I, I use that advisedly that word but you know they know this is something that's a bit special this yeah. is going to stand out and you know so they've got that ability to use their initiative and this is the thing that people go on and on and on about about the sort of germans having austrad tactic yeah. and mission command and all the rest of it and british troops not having that austrad tactic mission command this ability to use your initiative is entirely down to your own mindset yeah you know if you if you are 
in the SAS or a commando or a paratrooper or whatever in the British Army, you are f effectively operating under sort of mission yeah. command stroke Astro yeah. tactics kind of principles, yeah. which is this idea that you can think on your feet, you can use your own initiative, yeah. you don't need detailed orders, you can just crack on. But in First Airborne, that's not universal because you've got, you've got what, what goes wrong with the rest of First Power Brigade on, on D-Day where they don't, they stop, I mean, basically, they stop for the night. Yep. And why do they stop for the night? Who made that decision? How does that decision get made? Is it Dobie? Is it Fitch? Is it Urquhart? Is it, is it Lathbury? But the point is they stop for the night. When they should have just pushed when on. When they should have pushed on. And then, then you're looking at a brigade. So that goes back to your point about, about the command rather than the men yeah. itself. Yeah. But the point I'm making is that individually, I mean, oh, yeah. there are obviously Basically, there's going to be exceptions, but individually, as a rule of thumb, these guys are a cut above the ordinary troops yeah. because... Well, because they're motivated better. Yeah. They're, and and you when you're it. motivated, you're, you're more likely to yeah. absorb the lessons of training. You want to be better. Yeah. You want to be a good soldier. Yeah. You want to take the fight yeah. to the enemy and all and those section kind of sergeants. So you've got more senior NCOs running everything. So you've got, you've got a beefed up internal command on a section level. Yeah. Which is one of the little details that, that it's worth noting. Yes. Anyway, what a scene. And those, those backbones of the, yeah. of the British yeah, Army. Yeah, exactly. Of any army. Yeah. So the battle ends with nearly everyone being captured here. Yeah. Goff is running it by this point because Frost's been wounded. He's in a cellar. You have, you have the, the, there's a kind of every man for himself order try, that tries to happen, a breakout that tries to happen. Doesn't really work, and they finally on on the Wednesday throw in the towel and say, right, we're we're done. The Germans, you have that really weird exchange where the Germans. They're swapping cigarettes and the Germans are going, that was a good battle, wasn't it? Yeah. Because the Germans, of course, have so got... that was a good hard yeah, fight, Tommy. Exactly. The Germans have got British cigarettes because they've been redirecting the supply drops the previous day to themselves. Yeah, yeah. 90% of the supply drops can get, end up in... That's Japan, right. And there's one, one of the... I think it's Spindler. I can't remember which local commander says... Spindler. As a, as a material effort battle, it's the only one I came out um, in the black. <laughs> but he, he actually he top, he topped up supplies with the supply drops because they got... Really early in the battle, they got hold of the of the guidebook for how to call in RAF supplies. So Frost ends up in the bag, as they say. He's a prisoner of war, relieved. They're, they're, I think it's April, late April. They're, they're sort of finally they're sprung yep. from from whichever prisoner of war camp they're on, and he goes on to be sort of country gent, really. Yeah, hunting, fishing. Good chap. Hero, legend, and they named the bridge after him, John yep. Frostbrook. Absolutely amazing. But I mean, there's no, there's no alternative, is it? Because there's nowhere to go. There is nowhere, there is nowhere to go. They are completely surrounded. And the people that are meant to be helping them are completely surrounded. And the people that are meant to be helping them help the, you know, they're completely surrounded. Are also surrounded. completely surrounded. <laughs> yeah, because after all, the, the corridor's cut by Camp Gripper Chill, mm. um, I think on the, on the 22nd. So even after Nijmegen Bridge has been taken, the corridor's been cut. So 30 yep. core are surrounded. So everyone's surrounded. Yeah. Nowhere to go. Well, just fantastic to be here at the John Frost Bridge. That's it for this particular podcast, but we've got uh, more for the next few days. Yeah. Nijmegen, yep. perimeter walks, yep. mad escapes I need across to, rivers. I, I need to show you the, the house that Urka ended up in the loft. I need to show you, I need to show you yeah. that house okay. in your state so, where that happened. Let's go. We're, we're going to go and have go a look on, at We're going to keep talking, aren't we? Let's be honest. <laughs>